الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون سلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم If you were to invite me into your home and sit me down on the couch and while I'm waiting there I begin to hear your five-year-old child crying upstairs my response would be to tell you that your child is crying why don't you attend to your child your child is crying why don't you attend to your child and you tell me in response no no it's not a big deal the reason my child is crying is because his mother is giving him a bath his mother is giving him a bath so naturally when a child is given a bath and they resist it they cry and that the screams of those cries can be disturbing the experience for the child can be uncomfortable and for everyone involved somewhat disconcerting but ultimately the child needs to get clean and it needs to undergo some degree of difficulty and discomfort in order for that to occur and so I would be content with that response and I would say that makes sense the child needs to get clean if similarly you were to sit me down in your home and I was to hear your five-year-old child crying outside I would tell you why don't you attend to your child he or she seems very uncomfortable, they're crying, maybe something's wrong. Maybe you need to check on them, maybe you need to address this. And if in response you were to tell me that, no, no, it's okay, he's with his mother, she's with her, his mother, she's with her mother, and they're learning how to ride a bike. And he doesn't, he doesn't want to learn, he wants to learn but he struggles through it and every time he struggles through it he cries he screams he shouts and his mom has to encourage him and say no no just keep going keep trying you'll get through it he tries again falls off the bike he cries he complains he screams that's what you're hearing I would say okay that makes sense for the purpose of the training of the child, for the purpose of the advancement in the child to either gain a new skill or to become more physically mature, the child has to go and has to undergo at least some degree of difficulty or else it'll be 
near impossible for that child to advance to the next stage. Oftentimes when Allah Ta'ala places us through difficulty, through a trial, through a tribulation, we wonder if our Creator, our Master is angry with us or upset with us. We often ask ourselves the question, why, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? Why do I have to go through this? How come I keep failing at this or failing at that? How come this tragedy is hitting me? How come this calamity keeps hitting me? Why is Allah Ta'ala testing me in this way? But if we understand the analogy of the child, then we understand how Allah Ta'ala treats those whom He loves. Mother loves her child, and her desire is to see her child clean at all times. Even if the child has to endure a little bit of difficulty, a little bit of crying, a little bit of discomfort, for the betterment of the child, due to the love the child has for, or due to the love the mother has for her child, she will put the child through a little bit of difficulty in order to clean and purify the child. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desires to see us clean as well. He doesn't like to see us filthy. And in order for that cleansing to occur, Allah ta'ala at times has to send difficulty our way. And it's only through that difficulty, only through that challenge, only through that calamity that we are able to be purified of the filth that we've accumulated through the sins that we've performed over the years. It is only through difficulty and through calamity that that can be achieved. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not out of His hate for us, but rather out of His love for us, puts us through difficulty in order that we may ourselves. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at times sends difficulties our way because again out of his love for us he desires to see us advance in our deen. Allah ta'ala desires to see us advance to the next level in our deen. But the only way by which we will be able to advance to that next level is if we undergo a certain degree of difficulty. When Allah Ta'ala tests a believer, and a believer remains patient through that test, recognizes that it's from Allah Ta'ala, everything is from Allah, this test is from Allah. If, I, if I'm patient through this test, if I'm patient through this calamity, I recognize it's from Allah, and I appreciate that it's coming from Allah Ta'ala, then and only then will I be able to advance to the next stage in my deen. So whether it be purification for us, or whether it be advancement to the next level of our deen, Allah Ta'ala sends difficulties our way. This is not a variable. This is a constant in every single person's life. And the reason it occurs is purely because Allah Ta'ala loves the believers. Allah Ta'ala has a special love for the believers. 
He either wants to keep us clean, just like a mother wants to make sure that her child is always clean, smells good, polished well. Or he wants to see us take the next step in our deen. And we only will reach that next step if we endure, if we undergo difficulty and express patience through that difficulty. Just like a parent who's training their child how to brush their teeth. Or a, patient, or, or a parent who's training their child how to ride their bike. And the child doesn't wants to give up and wants to quit and cries and lashes out. But keep pushing them, keep pushing them, keep pushing them. So you can do it, you can do it, just get through this. This first step is difficult, this first test is hard, this first bump you're really going to feel. But once you get past it, then you've moved on, you're now at that next level. Allah Ta'ala desires to see the believers at the next level as well. It's purely out of His love for us. And a proof of this is the life of the Prophet ﷺ. We all know that there is no one that was more beloved to Allah Ta'ala than the Prophet ﷺ. There, no, there is no human being that has ever been loved more by Allah Ta'ala than the Prophet ﷺ. There is no piece of creation that is more loved to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala than the Prophet ﷺ. In fact, everything in essence, was created for the Prophet ﷺ by Allah Ta'ala. His love for him was so great that he, the Prophet ﷺ, was, uh, was the Habib of Allah. He was so beloved to Allah. But if you look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ, it was trial after tribulation, after trial after tribulation, test, challenge, difficulty. And this is for whom? The most beloved person to Allah Ta'ala. The most beloved person to Allah Ta'ala. These trials came in so many ways, and if we only begin to appreciate what the Prophet went through, then we ourselves would begin to appreciate why Allah Ta'ala puts us through difficulties as well. The Prophet difficulties were on so many levels. You know, him being the best of creation, him being the king of humanity underwent difficulty when it came to hunger. It's narrated in the book of Imam Tirmidhi, Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu narrates that several nights were spent in the home of the Prophet with his family and they didn't have anything to eat. And when they did have something to eat, it was barley bread of barley. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha says in a hadith that's narrated both in Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim's books that in the home of the Prophet sallallahu for three consecutive moons three consecutive moons which means two full months at least two full months no fire was lit in the home of the Prophet sallallahu how many times a day do you and I light our stoves in order to prepare a meal, in order to cook something for ourselves or for our families? For two months straight, the most beloved of Allah, our master, our teacher, our guide, had no warm food being cooked in his house. In another hadith, Anas radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, it's narrated in the book of Imam Tirmidhi, that or uh, it's, I don't know if it's Anas anhu, but it's narrated that for 
30 consecutive days the Prophet and Bilal who didn't eat except for a quantity of food that was able to fit under his arm. 30 days the Prophet the most beloved of creation to Allah and his companion Sayyidina Bilal didn't eat but just that small quantity. Hunger was endured by the Prophet Discomfort. Umar narrates in the books of Imam Bukhari and Muslim that the Prophet bedding was just, uh, just date palms. He used to sleep on date palms on the ground. You know, it's interesting because even when we are in the masjid and not in our own home, and we're not even in our own space, our bedding is more comfortable than the permanent bedding of the Prophet So whether it was hunger, whether it was discomfort, whether it was persecution, the Prophet said, as narrated in the book of Imam Tirmidhi, that I was threatened like no one has ever been threatened before. The Prophet Sallallahu saying this. I was tortured like no one else was ever tortured before. The Prophet Sallallahu saying, I was threatened like no one else was ever threatened before. I was tortured like no one else was ever tortured before. The beloved of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala underwent this. Whether it be persecution, whether it be tragedy, whether it be tragedy, look at the tragedy the Prophet ﷺ had undergone. In the year of Huzn, the year of sadness and sorrow for the Prophet ﷺ, he lost, due to his sacrifice of him and his family, his wife Khadija anha, who was his closest friend. She was his closest friend. And she passed away because of the difficulties that she and the Prophet ﷺ had faced in Makkah Mukarramah. In the shoulder that he would lean on, his everything. And in that same year, his support, his uncle, who protected him and, and gave him that support, Abu Talib passed away in one year. The Prophet ﷺ underwent immense tragedy. He ﷺ lost all but one of his children in his own life. Only one child of the Prophet ﷺ was alive. His son Ibrahim ﷺ, young, a year, two years old, passed away in his own lap. Ask a parent who's lost a child what it feels like, what difficulty they undergo when they lose their child. Ask a parent what difficulty they undergo when they lose two of their children, or three of their children. How many parents have lost multiple children before their very eyes? The most beloved of Allah, the most loved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, underwent this difficulty. 
you'd say, okay, well, maybe his wife passed away through the difficulties that they underwent. Okay, his children passed away because of the difficulties they underwent. Okay, his closest uncle passed away because of the difficulties, um, because of the difficulties of the time. But it doesn't stop there. The Prophet ﷺ never met his father. He never met his father. His, his mother, Amina, she was expecting the Prophet ﷺ when his father had passed away. His children passed away before his very eyes. His father passed away before he was even born. He was never able to see his father. And the most beloved of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, was never able to meet his father. And his mother passed away at the age at his when he was only six years old. His father was twenty-five years old when he passed away and he never saw him. His mother was twenty-five years old when she passed away. He was only six years old. Both of his parents died at the young age of 25. The majority of us are older than that right now. This is the difficulty the Prophet underwent. You could say that, you know, the Prophet underwent this difficulty, but you know, he was a prophet. Maybe his emotions were slightly different when it came to losing his parents. When the Prophet was six years old, him, his mother Amina, and Umm Ayman, who was one of the wet nurses of the Prophet she actually nursed the Prophet They were traveling from Medina to Munawwara to Makkah Mukarramah, and on the way they stopped at a place called Abwa. And when they were in the mountains of Abwa, it's a very treacherous terrain, she, Amina, suddenly started experiencing, just out of the blue, severe, crushing chest pain. She was having trouble talking. And the six-year-old Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, was watching his mother go through this. She couldn't say a word. And eventually, she mustered up the courage to say her final words. And so she said to the Prophet ﷺ, who at the time was only six years old, that everything new becomes old. Everyone in this world has to leave this world. But don't worry. I've given birth to you and you are going to illuminate the entire world. She closed her eyes, she passed away. The Prophet ﷺ, only a six-year-old child, is seeing before him the soul of his mother being taken away, and he cries and cries and cries. Eventually, they walked down the mountain, him and Umm Ayman, or so she thought. And Amina 
was buried. We don't know the details, but she was buried. And when Umm Ayman came down that mountain, and she looked around, and she didn't see the Prophet ﷺ there. Six years old, a child. She looked around through the few people that were around that area, perhaps to bury her. She didn't see Muhammad ﷺ. And then she heard crying. She looked back up at the mountain and she saw the Prophet ﷺ in the distance with his mother, who is now buried in her grave. So she went back up to go get the Prophet ﷺ because he couldn't stay there forever. And as she approached the Prophet ﷺ, just a six-year-old child, she heard him say, You know that you were the only thing that ever meant anything to me. Why did you leave me? You know I can't continue on without you. And he, in this way, collapsed onto the grave and he just started hugging it and wouldn't let it go. Because his first love, his mother, passed away. I can't go anywhere without you. Why did you leave me? So Umm Ayman had to literally pry the Prophet ﷺ away from his mother. She literally had to pry him and take him so that they could continue on their journey and he wouldn't, he wouldn't budge. And eventually she was able to pry him away. When the Prophet ﷺ was 63 years old, it was the final year of his life. And he, with the Sahaba, 60, some narrations say 70,000 Sahaba were traveling from Medina to Munawwara to Mecca in order to perform Hajj. And the Prophet ﷺ took that group of companions by Abwa. And he came near the mountain where his mother was buried. And although they were supposed to stay in the city of Abwa, the Prophet ﷺ said that, you know what? We're not going to stay there tonight. We're not going to settle there for the night. We're going to stay here. And 70,000 companions had to set up shop in that place. Because he made a determination that for that night, he was going to spend with his mother. He went up the mountain, now 57 years later from the tragedy of having lost his mother before his very eyes. And he came to the grave of the prophets, of his mother Amina. And he sat down in front of her grave. And he sat like this. His legs were up like this. Like this, like a child. He sat like this. And he put his arms like this, and he put his head down, and he just cried and cried and cried like this. He was crying, 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 crying. Because of 
how much he had missed his mother. 57 years later, he missed his mother. It comes a narration that he cried so profusely that that cry could be heard from some distance and his beard became profusely wet with tears. The Prophet underwent difficulty after tribulation, tragedy after tragedy after tragedy. This is the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The most loved to Allah ta'ala is undergoing this difficulty. Not from when he was 40 years old and he received nubuwa and now the difficulties began. No. As a six-year-old child, this is what he had to go through. <coughs> when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who loves all of us, wishes either for us to become pure and clean before we return back to Him, then He sends difficulties our way. Or when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wishes to advance us and elevate us in our rank and in our status, the way the Prophet was elevated, then too He sends difficulties our way. Our responsibility is to accept this to be patient through the difficulties of this world and to raise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's great name irrespective of whatever He puts forth before us. <coughs> we praise Allah ta'ala during times of ease. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during times of difficulty. We patiently persevere through difficulty, through the challenges of this world. And it's a constant. Everyone will face challenges in this world. The person who succeeds through this challenge is that person who patiently perseveres it and turns back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every time they face it. So as we near the end of Ramadan, just a few hours left essentially, we should remember that this life isn't meant to be a life of comfort. If it was meant to be a life of comfort, then we would have seen the Prophet ﷺ living a life of comfort. This life isn't meant to just be a breeze. This life is filled with tests and challenges, sometimes in the forms of difficulties, sometimes in the forms of tribulations and trials. But it is through these tests that we become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And ultimately, we will move on to a life in which there will be absolutely no tests, or tribulations, or challenges, or difficulties, and that will be in Jannah, inshallah. Our hope and desire is that through our patience and perseverance through the challenges of this world, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant us all a life of peace and ease in the hereafter in His gardens. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant all of us a tawfiq to endure patiently the difficulties that He sends our way. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to navigate this life the way the Prophet navigated this life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to advance in our deen in whichever way, shape, or form that He feels best fit for us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and protect us from difficulties and calamities that would be difficult for us to undergo. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
allow us to navigate this world and return back to him in a state in which he is pleased with us and we are pleased with him. Wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.